Welcome back, Brooklyn Nets fans. So we got this bootleg setup going on here. I'm in a hotel tonight, not the usual spot. I'm out here holding my microphone. It just tells you everything you need to know right now. Um, but there's a lot to talk about with the Nets. Um, I apologize. My voice is kind of off. I was at the game. It's getting loud, but obviously that did not help. Um, but yeah, the Nets are in a situation where they are a game away from being swept in the first round with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving playing, which is just pathetic. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Steve Nash, the coaching, and we'll talk about Ben Simmons because we didn't talk like about Ben Simmons not playing in game three. Last time I talked to you guys, there was still a chance he could play in game three and they're still holding him out to game four for God knows what reason. So I'll kind of rant about that later. And we'll kind of talk about the season as a whole in a way. I don't know how long this will go for, but anyway, hope you guys enjoy. Leave a like, always helps out, and let's get into it. So the final score was 109-103 Boston, but it was one of those games where the Celtics were up by about 8, 10, 12 points most of the night. But it felt like the Nets were always down 20. Like it, They were down 10, but like it felt like it was 20. It was one of those type of games because we're like how are we still in this game so the Nets did a good job like not in many areas but at least keeping the game close like in striking distance and I kept hoping at some point we would get that personal 8-0 Kyrie Irving run the personal 6-0 Kevin Durant run I think we got a 6-0 Patty Mills run at the end but that was too late but um it was just annoying you know because we come into this game the Nets were favored by three and a half or three coming into it and people are like, oh, this is the game where Katie and Kyrie are going to unload and, you know, put together a great performance. It's a do or die game for Brooklyn. Obviously, no one's coming back from 3-0. So down 2-0, we thought this would be the game where the Nets give the Celtics their best shot or best punch, however you want to say it. And the Nets just didn't seem all that interested tonight. I mean, for the most part, I think Bruce Brown played well. I thought Patty Mills played well. But once again, go back to the superstars, Kyrie Irving got in foul trouble and he looked okay there were a few nice finishes at the rim he had he looked I think at some points in the first half he was really looking to penetrate which he needed to do because no other net was able to penetrate throughout this series so far but Kyrie's the one guy based on how good he is and just how he can slip past people like he is good at getting to the rim against anybody so you know, I said to my friend I was with, at the game with, I'm like, look, Kyrie's got to, like, penetrate and try to, like, just go to the rim and make things happen. And he did. The Nets went on, like, you know, a little run there. But, of course, you know, after a while, Kyrie, I guess, got tired or something, whatever. And that stopped happening. And we just saw too many instances in this game where the Nets just could not get anything going offensively. We saw the typical dumb turnovers. Like, that turnover out of – it was a side out of bounds play. And it led to a Jason Tatum and one on the left side and, and Katie fouled him like that's just another example of like this team being embarrassing um it's just it's been so bad this team can't inbound the ball correctly like we've seen it multiple times this series um we saw the one play where Kevin Durant tried like the drop off a pass to Kyrie there was a miscommunication that was a turnover and yeah just typical crap we see with this Nets offense like the Nets offense was not really the main concern going into this series against anybody really not just Boston but the Nets defense was going to be the problem because they are never a consistent defensive team but the Nets offense honestly scoring 103 in today's NBA it's not all that great and as we saw from Kevin Durant once again it was not 
that great of a game. The guy did not take a field goal attempt in the final 11 minutes I saw. I think that was a stat that was out there. So, um, yeah, last 11 minutes, KD had zero attempts from the field. I mean, it's just like I get what he's trying to do. I, I think <clears throat> KD was doing a good job or really a bad job for uh, from a Nets fan's perspective of playing into what the Celtics wanted him to do, and that was to just – be a scorer and try to take the game over but KD has to be more passive in a series like this even my friends were saying like why is KD not taking over and it's like it's it's hard because every time they're they're being very physical with him every time he takes like one or two dribbles he's already getting double teamed sometimes triple teamed so Kevin Durant had to be more passive in this game and he was to an extent, but I think there were times where Kevin Durant could have looked to have made a move uh, to score and try to get by somebody, but he wasn't doing it. Like, I don't think KD looked as bad as he did in game two, but that it just, you can tell, like, they didn't really figure much out this series. We're three games in. The Nets had two games from the, the, the games in Boston of film to go back and watch of, okay, how can we get Kevin Durant the ball in, in a position to succeed and get him good looks? And they still weren't able to do it. Like KD, I noticed today, only brought the ball up maybe one time or two times at most. Like he was not, he was off ball very much today, which I wanted to see. That's a good thing. But at the same time, like the only way they were trying to get Kevin Durant the ball was sometimes on the foul line, but a lot of times like on the baseline, 10, 15 feet out, they would try to let him back down somebody, but it wasn't working often. So it was just like a lot of times they would have KD post up on the uh, baseline he would swing a pass to Bruce Brown he would do his floater and it was it was dropping tonight and Bruce Brown played very well once again but it just felt like something's been off with KD though and he did admit after the game like he's been thinking too much this series which obviously he has he's been in his own head since probably like the first half of game one but yeah he's been completely outplayed by Jason Tatum even Jalen Brown and it's not even close so um I don't think Kevin Durant should no longer have this best player in the world title anymore. I can't really get behind that right now based on how he's played. And I, I hate saying it because the guy was, you know, once he came back from his MCL injury, he was playing at such a high level uh, the rest of the regular season, the playing game. And then we get to this playoff series, and, yeah, the Boston Celtics have a, you know, a, a great coach, and they did a great job defensively being physical and game planning to stop Kevin Durant. But at the same time, like, they have made no adjustments really to – put Kevin Durant in a good spot and the Nets don't really have the supporting cast right now outside of Bruce Brown to really um, make anything happen we didn't really see a great Goran Dragic game he didn't play that much anyway it felt like but still I mean Goran was great in the two games in Boston to put some numbers behind it KD only took 11 shots which is nothing two free throws so he was six of 11 he had eight rebounds eight assists 16 points and played 45 minutes so obviously like you're not going to see like I don't think we've ever seen a game where Kevin Durant plays 40 plus minutes and only took 11 shots like that's just not very common Bruce Brown had 19 shots that was the most Kyrie was 6 of 17 he had 9 assists which was nice coming off that one assist game had only 16 points though you know like they were just you see the Boston's stars, you know, you know, with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and and I think Jason Tatum had like 35, and Jalen Brown had probably like 25, and we saw that time where Jalen Brown took over in the fourth quarter against Blake Griffin, who you know, I was happy to see in this game. Blake hit a couple threes, and I don't know why 
it took the Nets until late in the third quarter of Game 3, down 2-0 already, to put Blake Griffin in the lineup to just see what would happen. But they did, and you know Blake Griffin made an immediate impact. But the Celtics did attack him defensively, and maybe that's why the Nets were hesitant to play Blake Griffin in this series. Now, Jalen Brown made some very tough shots, but Blake Griffin made a couple of hustle plays out the gate. He did a good job of... You know, kind of locking up Jalen Brown, his first defensive possession. Of course, the Celtics got the offensive rebound, and they made a three right after, I think. But he also had a jump ball. He got, a, he got tied up with Robert Williams on the floor. So, I mean, you know, Blake Griffin was giving the Nets the energy they needed. But we saw that post-game comment from Kyrie Irving saying that, you know, he thought that Blake Griffin could have helped his team the first two games. And, you know, maybe that's a shot at Steve Nash. I don't know. But, you know, speaking of Steve Nash, I don't know if he lost a locker room or whatever you want to call it, but the, the Nets just did not look engaged or ready to play in this game. I think Blake had a comment. He said, I don't know if our spirit was there tonight. So take that as you will. But Blake Griffin saying that, a guy has been around for a long time. Um, it's a bit alarming. I mean, he's kind of right, though. Like, I never really felt the Nets were that engaged after, like, the second quarter. You know, like, they they started out the game pretty nicely. I think they were up, like, 12 to 7 or 12 to 5. And it was like things were going okay. But then the Celtics went on this run in the early second quarter. And all of a sudden, it was, like, 39 to 25 Celtics, I believe, or something like that. Um, the game kind of got away from them, and the Nets never saw the lead back. And it was frustrating because the Nets cut it to four, like, multiple times. They made it a four-point game, a five-point game a few times, but the Celtics always responded. And I give them a lot of credit for the way they've played in this series. I mean, they have clearly been the better team, I guess, in this you know, in a, in a different world, the Nets could be up 2-1 right now. I feel like they could have taken either game in Boston, especially game one. But Boston has clearly outplayed the Nets so far. I really can't take that away from them. But it seemed like specifically tonight, every time the Nets made a run and gained momentum and the crowd got into it, myself included, it um, they just made a big shot, whether it was the Al Horford corner three. Jalen Brown made a big three in the fourth quarter to shut everybody up. Um, out of a timeout, I talked about the Jason Tatum play where he gets the breakaway layup and one. And it was at that point I pretty much knew the game was over. That was about five minutes and like 30 seconds left in the, in the fourth quarter. And from there on out, I kind of just had this blank, like, expression on my face me and my one Nets buddy like I could tell he was out of it too he was just on his phone we're just sitting there like all depressed like we're like oh crap like the Nets season's over and we kept saying like oh you know the Nets have 12 minutes to save their season here but they didn't really seem interested in saving their season I mean we saw a good fourth quarter out of like Patty Mills which was nice he made a couple of three-pointers to at least make the deficit not as bad um, Nick Claxton played 20 minutes. He was six of nine. He had an ugly attempt on a, a layup. I remember when the Nets were struggling offensively. See, Goran Dragic only played eight minutes tonight. Like that's weird. Eight minutes after playing so well, and Goran didn't look that great in the first quarter, but he came back in in like the late third quarter. I was like, where the hell has this guy been? Like Goran's been the best net the first two games, and like he has not been here in this game. So he was 0 of one. Uh, Blake Griffin played seven minutes. He was two of four, two of two from downtown, and had the eight points, but. You know, Andre Drummond, I didn't see much out of him. Once again, it was not really... Like, Drummond was just tipping the ball instead of rebounding it. I don't know why. Like, he has been pretty close to useless in this series, sadly. So, I, Drummond was a guy that coming into this, I was looking to, you know, hopefully have re-sign with the Nets. But at this point, I'm like, bro, if you're going to play like this in the playoffs, like, we, we just might as well not even sign you. So, at this point, like, if... Drummond's gone. I think I'm good with it right now. I'd sad to say because he's had some nice Nets moments with the the peace sign and 
some other stuff he's done. He's had a couple breakaway dunks that were cool. But, um, yeah, Drummond has just not been good in this series. I mean, plain and simple. I know it was a tough matchup. Once again, I keep going back to that with the Celtics. But it's not like Drummond is uh, a guy you have to keep on this team. You know what I mean? He's a free agent. Nick Claxton's much more of a priority, in my opinion. So, um I could see Andre Drummond walking this offseason, so we'll see about that. Um, I want to, you know, kind of bitch about the Ben Simmons situation. I mean, it's it's so frustrating. You know, you think about the optics of it and, like, how does this make sense? And I think what happens here is you realize the Nets were never that serious about this season. Like, that's pretty much the best way I can explain why this happened with Ben Simmons. And for those who don't know, I'm sure if you're watching this, you're a Nets fan, you probably know everything about the Nets right now. But Blake, uh, not Blake Griffin, Ben Simmons, who has had a back injury since he's pretty much joined the Nets back in, what, February, late February. Um, he was supposedly going to come back this series. And it's like, oh, awesome. Like, we're getting Ben Simmons back. He's a really good player. I know the the last impression of him in that Hawks series was not good. But before that, Ben Simmons has been a very good NBA player. So I'm all excited. And I was hoping we would get him back for game one. Then I was hoping game two. And then this game, it, it was weird because the Nets apparently – got Ben Simmons in enough scrimmages. The Nets wanted him in like three scrimmages, right? So Ben Simmons does his three scrimmages and that finished up on Friday. This game was on Saturday. So I'm thinking like, why the hell can't Ben Simmons play in this Saturday game if he finished the scrimmages he needed to on Friday? So nobody really gave us a good answer on that one. And then Sham Sharani or Sham Sharania says, um, Ben Simmons is most likely back for game four. And I'm sitting here saying, like, bro, your season's on the line. You're down 2-0. As we know, with teams that go down 3-0, they're dead. They're finished. In my opinion, the Nets season's over. Like, I'm going to watch on Monday just because I'm an idiot, but the season's over for all intents and purposes. So you're down 2-0, and you're coming back home, so it's not a hostile environment. Yes, there were some Celtics fans at Barclays tonight, but I would say it was 75% Nets fans tonight. Um, So there's no excuse there. If Ben Simmons has done the practices and the ramping up that he needs to do, why are you holding him out in this game? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. So the Nets are apparently, they're not playing Ben Simmons in game three, which, you know, already happened. So that didn't happen. And they're going to play him in game four down 3-0 with the season over. So it's not like 100% official that Ben Simmons is going to play in game four. I don't see the point in it personally. I would just like to see it because like we have not seen this guy so far and he's been a net for like over three months now. So I'm just, I just want to see Ben Simmons in a Nets uniform and not his fancy clothes that we see on the, uh, on the sideline on the bench. So I would like to see it, but like, bringing back Ben Simmons right now doesn't matter because the series is over. The Boston Celtics are going to go to round two and then Brooklyn Nets will be going home, whether it's in game four, game five. I mean, I don't see it going past five, honestly. I think, you know, Monday's the last game in Brooklyn, probably regardless. So I don't really know why, as I said, I'm not a trainer. I'm not a doctor. I don't, I don't know about these things, but just based on the information we've heard about him getting in enough practices and scrimmages and, it, like the game being on Saturday tonight, being down 2-0 already. Like I could see if it was 1-1 or the Nets were up 2-0 and you want to be patient with them, fine. But down 0-2, like why is there no search, uh, sense of urgency with this Brooklyn Nets team, which is why I believe like they just don't care about this year. I, I think the Nets, 
you know, maybe Sean Marks and management realize this is just not the year. There's just not enough continuity. There's just too much crap going on. Ben Simmons is out. Joe Harris is out. Maybe the Nets never took this, you know, season seriously after the James Harden stuff happened. And maybe once they realized that, you know, it was going to take a long time for Kyrie to be full time. So I don't know. It's, it's just frustrating because it really does. I'm, I'm not the first person to say this. A lot of Nets fans have said this. It just feels like the fans took this more seriously than the actual organization did. So, you know, as a Nets fan for what, 17 years now I am or 18 years, whatever it is, like I want to get to a final so badly and, and just win one. Like that's, that's all I want. And it just felt like the fans were caring about this game and this series in particular more than some of the players were. It just didn't really seem like everybody cared. Like I'm not going to call everybody out, you know, guys like Bruce Brown and Goran Dragic showed up for the most part. I think Nick Claxton has had a good series and Patty Mills has played pretty well, but you know, certain guys just didn't really, it just didn't seem like they were having that like all or nothing attitude. Like, I just don't really think they care. They were kind of passive. We saw Kevin Durant make mistake after mistake and played very bad defense in game two. Katie's defense, I don't think was great tonight. Like it wasn't that noticeable. So like Katie on the defensive end has not even been that much of a difference maker. I've seen moments where Kyrie cared, especially game one. It looked like Kyrie was going to, was going to put the team on his back and get the Nets a, a winning game one. Unfortunately, that did not happen, but um, Kyrie has had times in this series where he looks very engaged and there's times where he's just not interested. I, I don't know if it's like the whole fasting thing and not having energy. I'm not going to make excuses because the guy missed over half the season anyway. So the guys had plenty of rest. I know, I know Steve Nash made a comment about, you know, playing Kyrie too much lately. It's like he has, he played like 30 games this year. Like, can we stop with the excuses? So, um, speaking of Steve Nash, I think he's probably done as the Nets head coach, whether he chooses to, leave on his own terms or the Nets fire him. I don't see a scenario where, because obviously this series is over, um, especially if they get swept. It looks even worse if you get swept in the first round. Um, I just don't see a way Steve Nash is back next year. I don't know who the replacement's going to be. We can talk about um, other head coaching options in the future, but uh, I know in Nets spaces, I was listening to the Nets spaces on Twitter on the way home. Um, a lot of people brought up Sam Cassell's name, which, you know, obviously he was a former point guard. So I'm like, all right, that's another guy. But um, I don't know. I have no idea who they would bring in and, and what's going to happen with that. But I, I personally believe based on what we've seen and Kyrie's comments about kind of throwing uh, Steve Nash under the bus for not playing Blake Griffin. I, I just feel like the players might know he's done at this point. And I think Steve Nash just may have realized like, this is not for me. This is not the team for me. This is not the right job for me. And um, just move on, like just mutually part ways. I don't really think it's, it should be that bad. I think Steve Nash is a, a smart guy for the most part and realizes like, this is just not going right. And I don't know, I'm not going to say Steve Nash will never be a good head coach. Like I think we even seen former Nets head coach, Jason Kidd has gotten a bit better the past few years and he's doing a pretty good job with Dallas this year, but um, this is just not the right time for, for Steve Nash. And for a team that had championship aspirations like Brooklyn to, you know, hire Steve Nash to be this coach and you know for as a first time head coach to to be this coach for a championship contending team like Brooklyn um it didn't really make sense from the jump I was just hoping that Steve Nash is, is such a smart guy that he'll be able to make it work but we've seen the Nets of course last year had Ime Udoka who is the Celtics coach the Nets had him on staff they had Mike D'Antoni on their staff and now both of those guys are gone and the Nets coaching looks awful this year so 
I'm sure Yudoka, I'm sure D'Antoni had plenty of influence on the Nets team last year. Now it's just like Steve Nash, Jock Vaughn, and some other guys I don't even know. So, yeah, I mean, it's just the Nets have not really had a good coaching the entire year. It never feels like the Nets are having an advantage because of their coaching. Some teams, you can tell, are coached very well and have an advantage because of their coach. And the Boston Celtics are a perfect example of that. Once they started, once they started to buy into Ime Yudoka's philosophy, that's when everything changed for that team. And they started playing unselfish and really trying on defense and rotating so well on defense that's when everything changed for the Boston Celtics for the Nets it looks like they just like basically have this game plan of ah we have two of the most talented offensive players in the league let's just go out there and have them score points and and we'll be fine and that's just not it's just not going to fly especially in the playoffs like it worked last year because they had that floor general and James Harden and he he was that guy but then once James Harden went down, I mean, it was it was difficult. The Nets lost game three without him. And I think game four, no, that's when Kyrie got hurt too. But they were not playing that well in game four anyway. But that's why it's hard for me as a Nets fan to, like, get over last year. I just feel like it was kind of taken from us. And people are going to say, oh, it was a year ago, dude. Get over it. But, you know, I know how just like precious these moments are like these championship windows don't last very long the nets have a short window once kevin durant at 31 or 32 sign here it's like all right you know katie's great but he how long is he gonna be great for and we're seeing it now like the nets ran into the wrong opponent with the boston celtics this is now year three of katie and Kyrie. i know the first year doesn't count because neither guy played in the playoffs katie didn't play the entire year but we saw last year happen the Nets were heavy favorites to win the finals, and they get hurt and get out in round two. And then this year happens. You know, it was a very weird year. We'll go over that in the future and make a whole video about the season recap. But um, that's why, like, I always go back to last year. Like, it just, I, it still haunts me in a way because, like, I just felt like that was our opportunity to make it happen. The freaking Hawks were in the Eastern Conference Finals. That would have been an easier matchup. So, um, yeah, that's why it's it's tough to get over that as a Nets fan. But as for tonight, it was just more defensive lapses that we've seen the first two games. It just felt like every time Jason Tatum had the ball, it was a pick and roll. They would double him off the pick and roll, and Tatum would bounce past it, and it would be an easy layup for somebody, or they would kick it to the corner for an open three. And there were some uh, Celtics offensive rebounds that were absolute killers in this game. I remember one. Grant Williams made a straight-on three off an offensive rebound. That was a killer. So um, the Nets beat themselves in, in plenty of ways in this game. And I still did not see much of an offensive philosophy from the Nets. There was not many set plays. It was just a lot of, like, let's just pass the ball around the perimeter and see if somebody can beat their guy off the dribble, which nobody could. So, um, yeah, it's, it was just disappointing. I, I really just have not seen many coaching adjustments. Like the one noticeable thing that I saw in this game, and I, I brought this up before, was that KD was not bringing the ball up as much because of how much he struggled with that in game two. But outside of that, I didn't really see much of a coaching adjustment from the Nets, but this team needs a real coach next year, you know, not not to like take too much of a shot at Steve Nash, but like we're just not getting it right now. So um, I think that the Nets had this thought that they just need a guy to manage egos and personalities. And Steve Nash is definitely that guy because he's laid back and is more of a much more of a player's coach. But I think the Nets need somebody that is going to actually coach these players. I, I think that KD and Kyrie thought like Kyrie had that one comment about, oh, we don't really need a head coach. And, and you know, that that really 
really has not aged well because they definitely need a head coach right now. Like they thought they can get by on just their talents. I'm sure Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, when they joined up together, they're like, oh, we're so talented. Like we'll be fine. Like we don't even need a real coach. And they pretty much got this babysitter in, in Steve Nash who – as I said, he knows basketball. Like, Steve Nash had a great career, but at the same time, it doesn't mean Steve Nash is coaching these guys hard and, you know, is not really holding them accountable. So that's that's the problem here. So anyway, credit to uh, the Boston Celtics. I'm going to hate this next series because, like, I am a big Giannis Antetokounmpo hater, and I just hate the Boston Celtics too, so I just don't know who to root for. I think I'm just going to have to root for the Bucks, and it's it's sad, and I just I hate it, but I think I hate every Eastern Conference team left. I'm not really a Heat guy, not a Sixers guy, obviously, with James Harden, but speaking of Harden, by the way, I've heard his name brought up a few times during, like, the net spaces, and, like, I guess, you know, I never was mad at Harden for wanting to leave. I, I get why he wanted to. But I I now see what he was seeing with the vision of this team. Like, everything feels so dysfunctional and unorganized with this Brooklyn Nets team. And we know James Harden wants a ring very badly. Like, that's the thing about Katie and Kyrie. They have rings. Well, Kyrie has one, Katie has two. So they didn't really... I'm not going to say they don't want it as bad as James Harden does. But James Harden, like, really wants to win a ring. So I think James Harden saw this whole situation with the Nets and was like... They are not winning a championship this year, so he just tried to get out and go play with, um, you know, Joel Embiid, who was going to win MVP, and, um, you know, be uh, reunited with Daryl Morey. So I get where um, Harden's coming from. I, I think the Harden trade would be looked at much more positively, and I still think the Nets made out well with that trade, by the way, but it would be looked at much better for Brooklyn if Ben Simmons was actually healthy and playing. Like, the Nets had a plan to bring Ben Simmons back a long time ago. It was back to the first Nets game, or actually the second Nets game I went to this year, the home game versus Portland, which I forget when it was, maybe a couple months ago. Like Ben Simmons was supposed to be back for a long time. These setbacks were not expected. The Nets were unaware of a back injury when they acquired him, so... You know, it's it just sucks. It's very unfortunate, and it's just the life of being a Nets fan. So, you know, it, it's hard to say, like, we've been healthy. I think the Nets' third-best player, and I would say fifth-best player, and Joe Harris and Ben Simmons, like, those guys have not played the entire series, and they're very important players. If those guys play, what's this series looking like right now? It, it might be 2-1 Brooklyn. It might be 2-1 Boston. Like, it might be a completely different outlook. So, um, it sucks. It's just, you know, I, I guess as a Nets fan, I'm used to it, but... I did not react as bad as I thought I would to this loss. I really didn't. Like most times when I go out of my way to go to a Nets game and, you know, it's far from me because I live in like South Jersey now. So um, it's always like a hassle. But to, I just, I don't know. I kind As I said last video, it was just, it's kind of a relief because part of me, obviously I want to win a championship this year, but part of me realizes like it's not happening. So just get this season over with and like just stop worrying about it. And tonight was kind of like that final nail in the coffin. Because if they won tonight, of course, me, I'd be a sucker and like kind of get brought back into it. Like, all right, Ben Simmons is coming back game four. We just need to take one more in Brooklyn and we're back to a three-game series. You know, like it, it's just, yeah. So I, I guess in a way I'm kind of just relieved that I don't have to kind of have that false hope anymore. So um, now I know it's over. So do they win Monday? I mean, I, I'm not really sure. I'd kind of be surprised at this point because if you're the Nets, like what the hell do you have to play for right now? Like I really don't think they care. Um, I think most players realize their head coach is gone. 
there are some free agents on this team, of course, guys that won't even be here next year. So, you know, if you're, if you're Kevin Durant, like, why are you even going to try in game four? If you're Kyrie Irving, like, wait, what are you going to try for? Like, you know, this thing's over. Like, we all get it. So, you know, if you're if you're Ben Simmons, like, do you even bother coming back for this game? I don't know. Like, it just doesn't really make sense to me. None of it does. But, you know, once again, it, it doesn't make sense to bring back Ben Simmons right now. But it just would be the most Nets thing ever to do that and, like, play him for 10 minutes in a meaningless you know, game down 3-0. I don't know why they would do it, but it's just something the Nets would do. So we'll see what happens with that. Anyway, uh, we'll talk after Monday. Regardless of what happens, we might be reminiscing on a, a season that could have been. but um, Or we might be talking about the Nets being down 3-1. So we'll see what happens. I'm not sure who's like favored in that game. I doubt that has come out yet, but... Um, I would not pick us to win. I'm, I'm mad at myself. I could have made some money on this game. The Nets are favored by two, according to what I'm looking at right now, which I just, I still don't see it. I just don't. Like, if you're watching this, like, go bet Boston. Like, we're getting swept. I don't, I don't see it, honestly. So, um, it'd be great to win a couple more games and, like, make it look like it was a series. But we all know this, this thing's been over for a while. I mean, you know, that's that's why after game one, it, it just hit me so hard because obviously it's going to be a tough loss regardless. But like I knew this was going to be a tough series. My original prediction was Celtics in seven, which does not look good right now. But, um, you know, still, like I knew after game one, like that's going to hurt. And I just don't think these guys have like rebounded since, you know, so it's it's a tough one. And I guess you got to deal with it. But. That's what it is about the playoffs. You know, certain plays, one or two plays can change an entire playoff series. I mentioned that before as well. Kevin Durant and J.J. Redick talked about that on their podcast a couple weeks ago, and it's very true. We've seen it here. So anyway, uh, I think that'll do it. Probably went off for a long time here, but I'm bored in a hotel, so I have more time to ramble. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the video. We'll talk on Monday, and I'll talk to you guys next time.